Hi, I'm Marcus Peter Rempel. And I'm Alana Lewandowski. Welcome to The Ferment. Something good is rising. Hi folks, welcome to The Ferment. Today we have a conversation with Chris and Hazel Harper. Uh, I got to meet Chris and Hazel at an Indigenous Food Sovereignty Summit uh, here in Winnipeg. Uh, that my boss sent me to, God bless him. And, uh, I just, it was a great event, uh, very interesting. Um, I've been to a lot of, uh, kind of foodie events before, uh, in, organized by, by white folks. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of PowerPoint, uh, presentations, um, and slideshows, that sort of thing. Um, I was amazed how much prayer and storytelling and, uh, and sharing of the language there was at this gathering, and uh, and an integration of, of ceremony. And so Chris and Hazel were there because they are um, they're real leaders in a, in a community called Saint Teresa Point in remote northern Manitoba. Uh, it's a it's a ninety nine percent Catholic community, and there's a real uh, indigenous traditional revival going on within that community and in integrated into the the Catholicism of that community. And so uh, Chris has become the keeper of a ceremony that the uh, the Catholic priests had actually forbidden. They, they said you can't you can't do that anymore and uh, it was a really beautiful ceremony of giving it's it's basically a Thanksgiving ceremony for food. but uh, it, it ha- their their big Thanksgiving ceremony happened in the spring, I guess in in that culture in that world when uh you know winter is a is a lean lean time but then in the in the spring when the geese start coming back you enter in, into a time of real abundance and so that's when there's there's lots of food around and it's time to have a, a celebration and uh and so they had this this beautiful it was, it was called the wabanu ceremony and uh, and there were very few people left alive that remembered it and chris Took it upon himself to uh, to seek that out and and reclaim that, and it's it's quite a it's quite an adventure. Uh, the story of kind of how he 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 reclaimed that ceremony. So anyway, I was I was keen to uh, to talk to these folks, and uh, and they were kind enough to talk to me, and it's it's led to a friendship uh, that's that's become very significant for me. So I'm uh, just really really grateful to have them on the program. Yeah, and uh, and for for me, I I've more recently gotten involved in uh, bearing witness to and supporting indigenous and people of color initiatives around the world for uh, food sovereignty, and highly recommend a book called Farming Well Black by Leah Peniman, and mm. just sort of um, checking some things out that are are happening to see this uh, beautiful grass roots movement that is really important uh, for the future of the world. And um, I didn't get to be a part of that uh, conversation because it was a live live conversation Marcus had with Chris and Hazel, but I'm very excited about this particular podcast. So um, 
Thank you so much for supporting and engaging with this podcast. Um, you can listen on our website, theferment.ca slash podcast, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, or the podcatcher of your choice. Uh, we really appreciate the ratings on iTunes because it helps to raise our profile and engage in further dialogue with with folks uh, interested in this, these conversations. You can like and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can sign up for our mailing list. And of course, we would absolutely love to hear from you, uh, what you think, feedback, thoughts, message us anytime uh, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or you can email us at thefermentpodcast at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, Chris Harper, and wel welcome to The Ferment. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, my uh, co-host, Alana Lewandowski, can't be here today, and, uh, and your uh, co-collaborator, your wife, is, uh, is going to be in and out in this conversation. Yes, 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 Hazel Harper will yeah. be joining us a bit later. We're here at the Indigenous Food Sovereignty Summit in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. um, I've been just very moved by the depth of Indigenous leadership uh, at this gathering and, and represented in the movement and uh, was moved to ask you to, uh, to, for an interview in part because at the Ferment we, we engage with, we come from a Christian tradition and we, we, we were engaged in, in, in conversation with Christian folks and you're, you're one of the folks here that is a two roads, I would kind of say, person. You, you, have, you follow the red road and the Christian road and uh, I just love to hear from you about how how those roads came together for you in your life and how you hold them together. Um, maybe that's a, a place to start the conversation. Well, good morning. Um, I just want to, I guess, uh, first of all, introduce myself hmm. as a as a person and I um, and uh, who I am. I am. OG Cree. Uh, we call ourselves OG Cree where we come from. I come from St. Teresa Point, just before, just uh, close to the border of Ontario, way up north. It's a remote area. We still practice the uh, our, our ways, um, our ways of life. Um, like we we live in a remote area. We do a lot of hunting, trapping, fishing. And uh, that's uh, that's the way I was brought up. Um, I was brought up very Christian uh, through the uh, through the Catholic Church, and uh, I also was raised in a very traditional way. One of the things in my in, in my life, when we talk about the road that we follow, there's only one road. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we we, we we sort of get confused by by the by by the way that things are happening in our lives. But there's no reason why we shouldn't be confused because our spirituality guides us and leads us the way. When you talk about the two roads, um, right away it comes to mind the the teachings that uh, of, of the church, you know, in, in, in our uh, Catholicism, 
there's the good road and there's the bad road. Mm. And, uh, you know, the, there's two roads that that are there that we choose to walk on, where, however we choose, we fall. But there's only one road that we have. And uh, that, that road that we are looking for is the road to to where our Creator wants us to go. I want to share with you about that road uh, in the traditional way. And it it's not, you know, it, it doesn't mean that's the only way to go, mm. but mm. it's just an idea of how we view ourselves following that road. In relation to a lot of times, we, as Aboriginal people, we talk a lot about the feather. Hmm. You know, that feather has a teaching. And it's not just a feather. A lot of times you see uh, people, you know, carrying on the feather and all that, you know. The, and and uh, there's a teaching behind that. We tend to forget that teaching behind the feather. When you notice the feather, you know, uh, right at the base, in the middle, you know, you see where the... Where, uh, where where the feathers where the, where that it starts, it's like the, that road, and that road is wide mm. when you start, mm. and as you go along that road, further you go that road, it gets narrow and narrow and narrow. But that road, sometimes you know the the road we walk, sometimes we stray. And the same thing as the feather, mm. left and right, mm. you see those strands. And they get ruffled along the way as you go along. Because a lot of times we tend to neglect to look after ourselves and our bodies, our minds and our spirits. So that road, you know, it gets ruffled. Sometimes we need to stop and look at that and nourish that. Nourish that. Go back and nourish yourself. Replenish yourself and go back to again. You have to keep on, you know, looking after, after yourself on that road. That's the teaching of the feather. Mm. In our ways of how I am, I am a strong believer in spirituality. What is spirituality? A lot of times we get mixed up with the spirituality. That's uh, because when we talk about religion, you know, mm -hmm. religion and spirituality. What is spirituality to me? Spirituality to me is the spirit to be able to live and enjoy life, the spirit to be happy, the spirit to laugh, the spirit to sing. That is spirituality. You know, I, as a person, and also as a, as a, as a um, Christian, I follow both teachings. And it is respect, out of respect for the teachings that have, have been taught me by my parents, and I want to carry that. But at the same time, I want to be able to, you know, pick up my Aboriginal roots and identity, and to practice, be able to practice and pray the way that our ancestors had prayed, to go to the sweat lodge, to go, um, you know, uh, to go to those ceremonies. And uh, it's been over 30 years that I've started practicing that. And it took me 
a long time to be able to be where I am today. So, last but not least, what I want to say about our ways. We were told that a long time ago, when when uh, our ancestors, our grandfathers were introduced to Christianity, they were told that the traditional ways of praying was pagan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, 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 they took that and they believed that and, you know, but within the f- past, I don't know, 30, 40, 40 years now that our ways have gradually come back. And I have never encountered through my ceremonies the way I pray. I have never encountered any kind of paganism in the way that I pray. Our ways of praying are good. There's nothing wrong with praying. The way we were taught in our language, praying to God, and that there's nothing wrong with the ceremonies that we do because, you know, we are praying to God. And that is my belief now. Yeah. Did that take a while for you? Like, were there fears and prejudices that you had to overcome in, oh, in yes. re-engaging Indigenous? Oh, yes, right away. You know, when I got first... Uh, to tell you the truth, you know, uh, when I first started, um, I, I like I said, I was a strong Christian. And I was, uh, like, I helped a lot in the church. And I was on my way to, get, you know, uh, getting uh, into ministry mm-hmm. and uh, I was ready to be ordained deacon I studied a lot about the Bible I, I studied about how it relates to my identity as an Aboriginal person and it was during that time that I got introduced to the practices that yes it was hard at first because I was told it's okay, but entrenched that idea. Yeah, yeah. You know that it is wrong, pagan. Took me a while, and it really through ceremony. That's how I got got really into it, and the spirit took over. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. You just knew it was good. Well, it, it, the spirit came. I felt it. I I don't want to say that, uh, but you know, physically, when you are, when you are, how you say, um, uh, when you are moved by the spirit, physically, that's what happened to me, and the spirit came, and they told me, it's okay. So having having discovered, you know, for yourself, like in a really profound way, the, the goodness mm-hmm. of, of indigenous ceremony, I think a lot of people might ask, like especially with, with all the, the colonial mm-hmm. baggage and trauma and, and abuse of the residential school system and, and perpetuated through the church, a lot of people might say like, why would you still, like, why wouldn't you just do 
indigenous ceremony, like wh why would you still maintain that connection with, with the church? I think one of the reasons why is that we were so, I guess, converted to that, and it's hard for us in our generation to just walk away from it because we are still connected to that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, why it is out of respect for me is the teachings of my parents because they taught me that. Yeah. And uh, I know that this question of colonialism, assimilation, all the abuse that has taken place, you know, I do acknowledge that it was wrong. But my spirit and my myself as a person who has been taught to respect, that's what's keeping me here. Yeah. Besides the, the desire to respect your, your parents' teachings, mm -hmm. is there for you personally, is there, is there, are there things in the church or with Jesus that are, that are gifts that you wouldn't want to let go of for yourself? What can you rephrase? Um, like, are, are there like besides besides you know your your own sense of loyalty you know mm -hmm. to your parents? Are there are there things that you get from the church or that you get from the Bible or from Jesus still that you that you know that are valuable to you that you you know you're holding on for your own reasons besides respecting there's, your parents? There's a lot of things that are still there. The Bible. I read a lot about the Bible. There's a lot of interconnection to our ways of mm. how, how we are. And there's lots of, um, there's a lot of stories in that, in, in, in the Bible that are almost the same as our ways of our teaching. And I've, I've really been noticing that this yeah. week, yeah, that when, the, when uh, Gordy, Walker was a, a Cree man telling a creation story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was amazed by. There's a story about Awisekita about the creation story. There's a story about Noah building the ark. The same thing in our in our legends in our stories. That's the same thing that was there, but in a traditional way in in our native spirituality. There are fasts. There are visions similar to what what they are. And, uh, you know, this is where it confuses a lot of people mm. because we are so divided by different denominations of religion, we forget that we are a people of God regardless of who we are, regardless of how we pray. There's a lot of discrimination between, between you know, we're segregated by that. And that's what a lot of times our people have been divided and separated by that. And uh, with myself, I guess I've, I've accepted. I have accepted that. Even though there are certain things that I disagree with, like there are certain things that I question about Christianity. Yeah, yeah. You know, I still respect that. Yeah. And I do approach like the bishops, the priests, and I question them that, and I, I and I being honest when I say yes. that it's not that I don't want want it, but there are certain things that I disagree with, but I still respect that. 
Those must be some interesting conversations. Yeah, I very bet. straightforward. Hazel Hazel uh, has just joined us also, uh, so welcome. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed at this gathering, this is sort of on the topic we're talking about, and I've noticed this in other events where that have been indigenous led, is that things begin with prayer. Mm-hmm. All the time. All the time. And and white people now, when we gather, especially if it's not specifically within the church, you know, like this is a, this is a gathering that's about food sovereignty. Mm-hmm. I've been at food-related gatherings, and and mostly because we're afraid of of the disagreements about religion in the room, white people just stop praying in public. Mm-hmm. And it's been I've I've been impressed that at this gathering. There are people that, like, you've offered prayers mm-hmm. and, and, and have uh, acknowledged both mm-hmm. your, in, your indigenous way and your Christian way as, mm-hmm. as part of the way you pray, and other people come from a more strictly traditional way, and they pray. And it seems like indigenous people are able to, to hold that together uh, without getting into fights about it, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like praying is praying together is too important not to do it, even if there's some different ways. And I, I just wonder if you have a a sense of like, is there are there teachings or what is it about that indigenous people have that they seem to be able to to hold spirituality still in a time when when there's differences? Well, just tell you one thing. Our brotherhood, our nationhood, our kinship as Aboriginal people, regardless of where we come from, regardless of which denomination, it is our kinship as a brotherhood of a nation that keeps us together, and we could put everything aside when we need to get together. When something happens back home, if there's a death in the family, we put everything aside, our differences, and that's what keeps us together is the spirituality that we have as brotherhood and kinship. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, it's it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, I've learned by um, regaining this uh, way of life, you know, because it was uh, done way from way back you know and then we lost it then we started just focusing on catholic faith and all that and uh, what i started learning i could not grasp how these things were connected at first and i started to really look at everything the whole picture and for me what I've gotten so far is that no matter how we pray, we're praying to the same being. We call the higher power different names. We have different symbols. Everything that we use in prayer is a symbol, whether it's a statue of Jesus, a statue of Mary, a statue of Buddha, um, um, rosary, uh, what do you call that uh, beads that uh, guy gave you? I don't know. I don't know. 
some kind of prayer beads from yeah, another yeah, tradition. Monk, yeah, the monks use that in. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Catholic monks, or not from Catholic, a different, or a different, not, or a different. It's a, a whole different denomination. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, we had Hare Krishna neighbors yeah. back in the city that they had some kind of prayer beads that yeah. they. Yeah, and they're yeah. long. And I, I, I'm just saying, like it could be a pipe, you know. Everything that we use, they're just material things. Until we put our faith in whatever it is, and then it becomes sacred to us, whatever. Yeah. And how that's how I understand, like, and for me to be able to say, oh, this guy prays like that, I, I respect that. That's his symbol, you know? Mm -hmm. In the same way, I use um, a pipe, for instance, or a drum, you know, and uh, I begin to understand that, and I, I um, respect everybody. And what I have also found out is um, through our Catholic faith. Sure, I I don't agree with a lot of things too, but there are a lot of things too that help me connect closer to Creator by using my own way of praying mm -hmm. and thinking that, well, I'm still Catholic, you know, but this is my way of reaching to God. That's how I connect better with God, using my own um, prayer tools, so you might call, I don't know. But uh, what I... I what we know in every denomination probably there's man-made laws. Hmm. You got to do this. You got to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, for instance, there was that time that I got so turned off going to church every Sunday. A priest was there and kept saying, "Oh, you got to put more money." Hmm. You know. We gotta register. We gotta put more money. All those people that are sitting way at the back, you know, pay more. Mm, people mm, sitting at mm. the front pay less. You know, mm. that's a man-made law. Yeah. Or a person controlling other yes. people. That I I don't. It totally turns me off. And it could happen in any denomination, not just Catholic. It could even happen in. Our native spirituality, you know, to anybody, anywhere. it can happen. Yeah. It's overpowering yeah. other people, and that's something we all have to watch out for. Whatever we do, like we have all these evangelists praying and all that. I do this, I do that. You come here, I'll heal you. You're healed now. Now you gotta do this. You gotta give money to this or whatever. You yeah, know. Yeah. That's overpowering other people. Oh, yeah, yeah. When it, when when spirituality becomes something to, to dominate other people, yeah, and, and that's becomes, always a danger. Yeah. And so it becomes a cult. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's every, that's like that with everything. If I don't know if we have time, if we have time, I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit at least about uh, you have become the carrier for a very ancient ceremony that almost was extinguished mm -hmm. and and it came back to you and now you're a carrier of of the ceremony that you you share yes. uh, and ha having particularly to do with food which was 
uh, for me as a farmer, very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I, I, I will not go back into detail. It's going to take too long, but I'm just going to explain about the, the ceremonies that have taken place a long time ago and that they were put aside when the influence of Christianity came to our, our communities and to our elders. There was a, there was a ceremony our, our ancestors did before um, the influence of the European culture and uh, Christianity. There was this ceremony that took place in the spring and in the fall where this ceremony was a thanksgiving ceremony that was done to give thanks to Creator for giving new birth in the spring, new birth, new beginnings, new food, new, new plants, everything that grows near. We, they did that ceremony to give thanks to Creator for giving them new life, new beginning when the spring came. That ceremony was called the Wabano ceremony. In that ceremony, they practiced in our ways a long time ago with the Ojibwe and the Oji Cree nation from Ontario and Manitoba. That, that ceremony has was almost extinct, and I, there's not that many people that still practice that Wabano ceremony. Wabano? Wabano, Wabano. Wabano means morning, tomorrow, the future. Huh. When you look towards the towards the towards the morning, in the morning when the sun rises, you know, Ewabak. It's 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 morning, and uh, the. Wabano means the future, hmm. and that's that's what that ceremony is about. Is the Wabano ceremony where we give thanks to Creator for giving us new life. So that Wabano ceremony, um, it it was it was uh, put away for a long time, and uh, uh, it was when Christianity came and they told our people that it was wrong and that they need to put it away and follow the Christian way. So I remember my dad said that one time, the last time they did it, I remember they saying, this is the last time we're going to do it. And all of the Ojibwe nation and all the Ojibwe people got together in a river and they practiced that, that ceremony for one last time. And after that, they put it away. That ceremony took one week. There was just that ceremony that took mm. place there. It took one week. One week to say thank you. Yeah, one week of praying, fasting, you know, that ceremony. They gave thanks. And what they did in that ceremony was they gathered up all the food that was, that was, uh, you know, uh, that came back. You know, the birds, they fly back, the, the geese, they fly back, but they come back again. And they bring, bring back that food and that nourishment they have for 
but you know the thing with that is we don't just kill the the food. We 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 there's a ceremony that takes place uh, when that happens, and that ceremony was the vital part of of acknowledging the food and acknowledging what the Creator had given us on land. Mm. So to acknowledge that we as Aboriginal people, because we are born out of we we were born on the land, we were born. With all those things that the Creator gave us, we are in relation. They're like our relations to everything that's on earth, and it touches touches us. So we have to acknowledge that. So that ceremony is about acknowledging all of God's creation and to give thanks for the abundance of whatever the Creator has given to us on land. Hmm. Everything that grows is a spirit. Everything that grows gives us life. Everything that grows gives us spirituality. Without that, we wouldn't be able to survive. The water, the fire, and the land, the air, everything has a spirit. And that spirit nourishes us and gives us that. So we forget that. We have forgotten the importance of everything that is that is here on land that each one of them have have a life and that they give water is one of the most important things in our life and we tend to forget that water is so sacred because without water nothing mm -hmm. would survive we wouldn't be here so when we did that ceremony when, when that ceremony is done uh, it went underground my grandfather was one of them that practiced that. And he never talked about it. Hmm. Never talked about it. Hmm. Until I, I, I searched for it because it was my dad and my father-in-law that started talking about that Wabano ceremony. The Wabano ceremony, you dance in, in there's a, inside that lodge. Uh, there's, a, there's, there's, there's a way of how we practice that ceremony with ritual and also with prayer and with movement we are able to give thanks and to you know to to bless all the food everything we, we do that so in that ceremony what happens is um, we gather up all the food that comes to us in the spring all the medicines that start growing. So the minute in spring, when the, when the buds, like the leaf buds, and they start opening up right away, when it's the size of beaver ears, they say, that's when you start your ceremony to give thanks to new life. So when we start that ceremony... For, for people who've never seen a beaver, like how, how big are beaver ears? Oh, it could be small. You know, baby beavers, they're very small, just like the little, little tiny leaves, that's, that's how they are. But the big beavers, they... they but their ears aren't very big, right? No, no, but those ones, the baby, the baby ears, like yeah. that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's when they... So, anyways, um, when we start our ceremony, uh, we, we start our ceremony, the Wabano ceremony, we prepare everything. We prepare everything the night before. 
and we uh, we put medicine all over where we we're going to be performing, and uh, we we place we bless the ground inside where you're going to be praying and offering the food in there. Is this an open air ceremony it, or is there a structure it's, it's, it's that's a built? Structure. Or? There's a structure or it could be an open area depending on how it is. If it's going to rain, you know it's going to rain. Mm -hmm. But you cover that with it. It's called a Wabanugamk. You call it Wabanu Lodge. Wabanugamk they call it. And inside that lodge that's where we uh, we, we practice that, that ceremony. So uh, when we're all prepared, we have to be ready just before the sun rises. And when the sun rises and it, the, the rays touch that, that lodge or where you are, we start the ceremony right away. Mm. And then we start singing. We start by praying the pipe the minute that, that, uh, that light shines right through your face. You give thanks to Creator for giving you that new life again to start over, reborn to be reborn and replenished. Then you start singing those four, five songs. Hmm. After the five or six songs are done, the people get together and then we talk. We talk about how our winter was like, hmm. all the struggles that we went through. We talk about, you know our families, maybe we lost some people. Then we do a teaching. We do a teaching to the, to the young people. We do the teaching about our children. There are four teachings. Four times we stop and we sing. Hmm. And then uh, we sing four, four or five songs. And then we do another teaching about the woman. And then we do another teaching about the youth. And last we talk about the elders. Within those teachings, we talk a lot about life, we talk about what we need to do. So it takes a whole day to do that. And uh, when we start off in the morning, the morning just goes by real fast. At noon hour, just before noon, the woman brings the food. All the food that they, uh, they cook, ducks, mostly ducks or anything that was on land, potatoes, stuff like that. And they come in and uh, they put it on the, on the ground where, where it's blessed, eh? And, uh, you know, uh, when, uh, after that's done, then uh, we, we bring in the food and uh, we dance. And we dance for the food and uh, through the dancing, we, uh, we get it blessed for that. But it takes a long time, so, I, I would have, it would take me a whole day to talk yeah. about this and explain to you about how that ceremony takes place. I'm just, I'm so struck by the sense of holiness and reverence yeah. and gratitude and also involvement of the body, mm. of physical things. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you were talking about different ways of praying, mm -hmm. you know, that, that Catholic sense of the sacraments, yeah. like these are sacramental ways of being and praying in the mm -hmm. world. We have a habit uh, at the ferment of ending our interviews with a blessing. Okay. If do you have a moment for me to just sure send you with a blessing? Mm. Creator, I give you thanks for these two leaders of the OG Cree people, ministers and elders, knowledge keepers, 
in their communities. I give you thanks for the ceremonies that they are stewards of, that they have received again through, through signs and through teachings uh, and have recovered for their people. Bless them in their ministry, in their work. We pray in the name of the one who is the creator of all the human beings. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we got Thank you very much.
We are the ferment. You are too. Thanks for listening. Until next time, breathe consciously and with love. Eat consciously and with love. Tend the creation. Attend the divine. And name the real consciously and with love. Peace and all good.